Hey guys, what's up? My hair is looking ridiculous right now. It is uh, week 46. Let you guys know the basket case contest is still going on. Uh, I have a cold, that's why my voice is a little off. Uh, the link will be below. All you got to do is click it and uh, enter your email address. You will receive like uh, some emails about you know uh, MVD products and Aero products and stuff like that. And uh, leave your address in the uh, comment section, and you'll be entered to win the basket case, Aero Blu-ray, and enamel pin. This is the last day to do it, so get on it, March 31st. <coughs> okay. I think I addressed all the other stuff. As always, you can uh, find uh, three written reviews this week over at the Screaming Toilet page. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you want to enter the Pick-A-Movie, leave a comment on YouTube, Screaming Toilet, send me a message, just let me know, wherever, I'll find it. Okay, the first movie I will be reviewing this time is from Mondo Macabro. This is Lovers Beyond Time. This one was actually made in uh, 1990. I had not really heard much about it, uh, but Mondo Macabro has the MO to deliver and release, you know, lots of uh, strange and bizarre and unique cinema from all around the world. That's what they do. Uh, lots of stuff that no one else would touch. That's why I love them. And Lovers Beyond Time, I don't think anybody else would touch this one. This is a really weird movie. It is a time uh, jump movie, but it uh, has a little spin on it. It's a, it's a little bit different. It's uh, also a uh, softcore kind of erotica movie. Not like softcore porn necessarily but it's an erotica element to it what we have here is this obsessive but uh you know he's very dedicated boyfriend uh he uh he, his girlfriend breaks up with him and uh he doesn't want to lose her three years pass she's married now working on her career trying to find this uh mysterious uh music uh artist who uh nobody knows about her. all the record deals want her and it's her job to try to find him uh her uh, ex-boyfriend knew him she was kind of a connection he was a connection with him he's also disappeared nothing's going on uh, there's so she has no way to find this uh the musician uh this musician uh her boss is yelling at her and uh coming down on her and uh out of nowhere to make matters worse she starts to have these strange orgasms and uh out of, out of seemingly nowhere but uh what is happening is someone is jumping through time and uh doing all these crazy things and making people disappear kind of in a slasher way this is a very bizarre unique movie uh, the first couple times the jumps through time happen, especially when someone is uh, picked off, it, it's really jarring and odd and strange, and they almost come across as like Final Destination slasher, de slasher death scenes, not as elaborate as a Final Destination or anything like that. Uh, the movie does have a surreal quality for sure. Uh, some of the stuff seems very soft, like uh, especially the flashbacks are definitely dreamlike quality. The acting's solid. The two leads are good looking, and uh, they bear it all, and uh, they do a solid job. Uh, it does uh, kind of uh, it does challenge you to understand you know the meaning of love and through time and sacrifice and obsession. It's definitely an obsessive love story. Uh, it's not perfect to me. It uh, is a little drawn out at times, but uh, you know, surreal quality helps it move along. The acting helps it move along. This, the erotica stuff is interesting, and you know, it doesn't really explain the science and time travel. It doesn't try to. It would even be sillier if it did. Uh, the ending has a, a really beautiful scene. It's uh, really dark, and it has these bright lights coming through. And uh, I, I like the idea at the end that uh, two of the same people from different times are going to have a threesome with the same person. So this person is like a the person 
that is a different person in the menage a trois of the three is a past and present lover for the other two. It's just very bizarre and kind of mind bending. Uh, a unique movie, uh, not perfect, but uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, on the disc is where it uh, shines. Actually, there's a documentary about Greek uh, genre cinema, film noir, science fiction, fantasy, uh, thriller, uh, four genres of Greek uh, cinema and. Any cinephile will immediately get out a pen and paper and start writing down titles. A lot of them look really unique. A lot of them look really great. Uh, by the director of this, did the documentary. There's interviews with a lot of the directors, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of you know journalists. Uh, really interesting documentary. It's a feature-length one, uh, Strangers in a Strange uh, Land. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very unique. There's also a 30-minute uh, television show that the director did about cannibalism. That one's kind of quirky and fun and, and, and bizarre. Uh, and uh, it's just a nice little put-together uh, uh, disc. Um, it, it doesn't look perfect. It is a DVD and made 1990, but it looks solid enough. And I love the Strangers in a Strange Land. I, I would say check it out. If this sounds like it's something up your alley, it is completely unique and different. And uh, read my review uh, for more uh, details and whatnot. And check out the trailer. <laughs> The next one here is from uh, Severn Films. This is The Sadist of Notre Dame, uh, starring and directed by Jess Franco. Yeah, you know, there was a time when I would say I dislike pretty much all Jess Franco stuff, except a couple. And the more I see, Countess Perverse, you know, 
uh, Count Dracula, um, a bunch of his other stuff, Bloody Moon. I'm starting to come around to the guy. Uh, yeah, some of them are really bad. Uh, two female uh, spies with flowered panties. Uh, but some of them are actually pretty cool, and I would put Status of Notre Dame in there with it. This is kind of a semi-remake uh, of uh, The Exorcism, which he did, or Exorcism, which is a movie he did. This is re-edited with like 25 minutes new footage. This follows a story of uh, this uh, kind of a... He's not necessarily an exiled priest, but he was uh, very big in the seminary school, and uh, he's very religious, and he is kind of a leaves the school and he becomes obsessed with punishing the wicked and he thinks by doing this he will free their souls it's played by jess franco i watched the dub version because i watch a lot of my euro stuff dubbed it's just a, a preference i've always had since i've been a little kid and uh jess franco in this movie is saying awful awful stuff to the people he's killing the prostitutes and whatnot and uh his stature he's such a short little guy it almost comes off comical at times but it's also horrible all at the same time uh it definitely kind of pokes fun or pokes at uh the religious you know the religion in Europe how it you know can be overbearing and create these monsters and there's a lot of shots of Jess Franco walking and then the camera will pan over and the church is kind of hovering over him being his guiding source into evil. But there's also this other priest in here who's trying to talk him out of it. And uh, Jess Franco's character gets involved with these uh, these uh, swingers who like to do these fake black uh, magical black uh, rites uh, sacrifice things, satanic sacrifice things. And Jess Franco, of course, thinks it's real and this sends him into a bigger frenzy. Uh, the movie does have some unintentional humor, of course, because of the dubbing and because of Jess Franco just being completely insane. But he does feel like a realistic killer and uh, he is very creepy. Uh, it's not as bloody as you would expect, to be honest, but... Uh, there is there's some moments in here that uh, were sleaze-tastic, super sleazy. There's orgies in here. It's one of uh, Franco's sleaziest. Almost all his movies are sleazy, but I really like this one. I thought that uh, it had a great location. I thought the cinematography was much better than a lot of the other Franco's work. Most of the shots were in, uh, you know, in uh, focus, which is not the... Uh, you know, always the the, the uh, thing with Franco movies, although sometimes it's intentionally out of focus, which I don't know if that's a good idea, but he does have these weird ideas. Uh, I think the camera works better, I think the location's better, and I think that the uh, script is better. I have not seen the original Exorcism. Uh, Synapse released a DVD, I think Redemption released a Blu-ray. But uh, yeah, this one is fairly interesting. There is a nice uh, documentary short on here. Um, and, uh, of course there's an interview with Steven Thrower among other things, which I really enjoyed seeing. Uh, and, uh, there's also, uh, interviews about Franco, people talking about Franco. Steven Thrower goes into detail about the different cuts of the movie. There's like three real cuts of this movie and a bunch of other stuff. And, uh, he has a, a real appreciation for it and he makes these kind of, uh, you know, sometimes uh, throwaway uh, genre movies, a lot of people consider throwaway genre movies, something seemingly uh, more important. And I think he gets his message across very well. And I think that uh, the Sadist in Notre Dame, or Notre Dame, or whatever you want to say, Notre Dame, uh, is worth your time, especially if you like, uh, you know, kind of character studies, a psychopath, which is something I really do enjoy. Um, and uh, a very, very odd movie. And uh, I love seeing Franco act. It's like Fulci's Cat in the Brain, where he's the main star, he's the killer, and it's following him. Although, Cat in the Brain with Fulci was made much later, but I, I like this one, 1980. Some counts how his 
wife's name. I don't know. I want his name. I want all their names. You hear? Sur le côté, il y a les types qui voulaient être tranquilles. Au milieu, c'était un peu tout le monde. Puis dans le fond, il y a ceux qui voulaient. Boum, j'ai regardé ça, les bras vont se retrouver. Mais d'un autre côté, l'autre côté, c'est un film qui a un certain charme. Parce que bon, ça n'a pas hésité. C'est un film où il est vedette. It was a very important film for Jess. I mean, he played the lead role in it, and it says a lot, I think, about his sloughing off of the influences of the Catholic Church. I loved her more than I never loved anybody in the in the world. In the 70s, he'd been benefiting from more and more freedom in the kinds of stories he wanted to tell. Next one is another Franco. This is uh, Sinfonia Erotica by Severn Films. This is a wild one. Yeah, this is one of his sleaziest movies. We have uh, this woman who is recently released from an uh, uh, institute. Uh, they say she suffers from schizophrenia and she has these weird sexual uh, problems. Um, she goes back to the care of her rich uh, Marquis husband who uh, has a gay lover and is a complete maniac, manipulating monster. So she gets uh, thrown into this crazy turmoil. Uh, you'll recognize the homosexual lover of the uh, Marquise uh, as played by the homosexual character in Two Fla uh, Female Spies with Flowered Panties, also by Jess Franco. So uh, we have these strange moments of um, molestation in here. Within the first ten minutes, there is a nun that's found on the trail, and the two gay uh, lovers uh, molest her in graphic detail. And if that's not enough, uh, ten minutes later, the uh, lady recently released from the mental institution does the same thing to her. And I was thinking, oh my god, this is sleaze-tastic. It also has this weird uh, gothic twist to it, because it has the uh, murder plot to kill somebody and uh, blame it on their madness and also get an inheritance. So it has that thing going with the gothic and the sleaze and all sorts of things here. There is no dub version. You have to watch it in, I believe, French. Uh, but yeah, it's just a crazy ride. There's a homosexual and lesbian and straight sex scenes and orgies. And uh, they're done in fairly graphic detail for the time. Not pornographic, but softcore. Uh, you see like uh, oral sex on uh, both sexes. And it kind of surprised me for the time. I was like, oh, they're going there? I guess they are going there. Uh, you know, Franco really didn't hold back. And uh, there are some insane camera work in this movie. It just it seems to come out of nowhere. There's a lot of soft lighting, but I think that was intentional with this. He wanted that dreamlike quality. It doesn't necessarily look great. Some of the scenes are drawn out in this, I would say. Uh, even if there is tons of nudity and a, a woman, you know, with narration, holding her breast, screaming, going crazy, it's still a little drawn out, even if it has all that going on. 
but uh, you know, it makes up for it with its guts, and uh, it also makes up for it with, uh, like I said, some of the crazy uh, long takes. There's like two long takes in here, and I was like, why is this a long take? Why is this happening? But uh, one of them, I think, makes a little bit more sense than the other. They're sitting around the uh, table all talking, and uh, a lot of the characters are eating fruit suggestively, a banana, you know. You know what's going on. And the camera just goes around the table while they're talking, and uh, you know, it's kind of guessing, creating suspense. And there's another better one. Well, not better one. More strange one. I think the other one is actually better. This one is just out of its mind. I don't know if it's because the dubbing would match up or Franco just got, you know, I want to do this and I don't care what you say. But these two characters are talking, the, the Marquise is talking to the doctor, basically saying, you're going to sign the paperwork. If anything happens to my wife, you're going to say, I had no wrongdoing, right? Because you owe me one. And it starts on the Marquise and it goes, and uh, Marquise, um, and it starts there and it goes all, it just starts camera work and it up close on him and it goes to the window and it starts looking out the window during the whole conversation the threats and the intensity and then it goes to the doctor and then it then it goes back it's just so weird and so bizarre that i was like what in the hell is going on here? But I thought it was kind of cool and unique. Uh, the twist is is obvious. Well, you're, it's going to happen, but it's satisfactory. It's nothing like you're like, okay, you know, that's what I kind of expected to happen or would hope would happen. But, uh, you know, the murder plot, uh, you see it coming a mile away. There's lots of sleaze in here, lots of frolicking, lots of people double-crossing. And um, <laughs> the idea that uh, the... Marquise has two lovers and he's trying to kill his wife and the horrible stuff he says. He's just a manipulator and a horrible person. On the desk, Stephen Thrower chimes in again, uh, giving this movie a little bit more uh, recognition and love than maybe it even deserves, but I love seeing that. And uh, there's a partial, the last interview with Jess Franco's in here, part of it where he talks about his late wife. And uh, it's really sad, his, uh, his lovers and how, and they all pretty much, out, he outlived all of them. It's very sad. You kind of get to see another side of Franco and you, you feel real bad for him. But uh, it's a nice release. Both these, uh, these uh, Severn releases were done in 4K. They look damn good, better than you would ever expect, I would imagine. And uh, they have a nice amount of features. Uh, the second one only has a couple, but it's more than a lot of releases would have. But uh, two interesting Franco movies. I like the former much better because it's more my style than the latter but they're both interesting and if you want to read written reviews go check over at the screaming toilet page uh, the next one is from cleopatra and mvd this title here halloween pussy trap kill kill yeah this is by jared Cohn, who did devil's domain which is a very bizarre movie that guy he, he makes some weird stuff to be honest very bizarre and this one uh you know has Richard Greco, Greco in it, which kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, I don't know where to begin with this one. The setup on this one is crazy. It starts in Afghanistan, and it seems bigger budget than it is, and has these soldiers on Halloween getting killed by uh, the Taliban in graphic detail, and I was like, okay, we got something here. This is a little bit different. And then it turns into basically a Saw 31 Chaos AD movie. It literally is 31. I don't know if this was written at the same time or shooting at the same time, but it is a remake of 31. It takes place on Halloween. It has crazy people throwing on this game of death, and a band gets trapped in there. I mean, it, it is. And it was strange in the special feature. Some of the people were like, I've never seen anything this cool and this crazy. And it's just like, I don't get it. Did you guys not watch other movies? This is literally a remake of 31. I don't even like 31. That's the only Rob Zombie movie I don't like. So that's what we have here. And uh, it's basically this all-girl band with a uh, roadie and a dickhead guy. The dickhead guy, in the beginning, causes some problems, and he basically makes them the target of these uh, crazy people. Obviously, you know who one of the lead crazies is. Uh, it ties him with the beginning. And he's voiced by Dave Mustaine. 
uh, from, uh, what is it, Megadeth, I believe? Yeah. And uh, Metallica, originally. But, uh, so yeah, um, what we have here is basically these people fighting, being stupid, being unrealistic, and uh, getting killed by all sorts of traps. They pull this twice where there's two people that accidentally get shot on there. It's like, come on, you got a game of death here. You got all these elaborate deaths. You should have better deaths than that. Um, I do like... I, I do like the beginning, and you know, it, it definitely looks like it has better production value than you would expect, and uh, some of the actor, actresses aren't horrible, and uh, Richard Graco seems like he's having a fun in it. Some of the, it's just such a blatant ripoff, it, it hurts. Like, there's even a, a, a short person in here, a vertically challenged person, um, uh, or a midget, you know, for the uh, less PC term, I'm not sure exactly or dwarf I, I believe a dwarf actually in this movie where and uh, a person in a wheelchair who's all deformed and it's just like this is one of these kind of uh, I know Rob Zombie got inspiration for a lot of Toby Hooper stuff but this is just so close to Rob Zombie stuff and of course you know Chaos AD which was kind of like 31 and also uh, Saw it, it's just such a, a blatant ripoff that it's really hard it, it comes across very distracting I didn't have much uh invested in it at that time so i wasn't mad while watching it it just was like here we go again uh there's a couple funny moments there's some nudity in here but uh there's some ridiculous moments for people fighting and, and it's just all the same thing over and over again and we've seen it before and uh everybody's seen it before um with that it does have more of a halloween feel than 31 which did a very poor job at doing that and uh chaos ad also took place on halloween and uh, it's just these are the same movie over and over again and I, I didn't particularly like those and i don't particularly like this uh what i do find interesting about this movie is the fact that the guy in the beginning is almost a rapist or accused of being a rapist and he ends up being the most heroic character in the movie which kind of blew my mind that they would do something like that um but uh, there's also, there's a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, and they seem like they're having a good time while making the movie, which uh, is good. Um, and uh, they seem to put a, lot, they put a lot into it. They seem like they kind of knew what they were doing. And uh, it's just not something that I particularly enjoyed. It's just not uh, a story that hasn't been done a million times, and it doesn't do it better than anybody else did it before. So it's almost like, why do it? And that, that's where I'm coming at on this one. This is, uh, I keep forgetting the title because it's so out of, out of the, out of, uh, out of the left field. Halloween Pussy Trap Kill Gale. I think it, originally they kept calling it Triple H in the, uh, making of like Halloween Hell, Hell something. I'm not sure. Uh, it should be dirt cheap to pick up if you're interested. If you like 31, if you like Chaos AD, if you like the Saw movies, then, uh, and you like low budget stuff, then you might want to look into it. But, uh, it's just not for me. All right, let's load up. We got a big show. We gotta be there by two. Stop! What do you want? Leave the girl alone. What the hell? What the hell is going on? Happy Halloween. Oh, thank God. Blue on you, huh? Sure did. I got a van from my uncle's house. There you go. Welcome to the basement. The origin of Halloween is Consider this your celebration. Misty? Come on. 
We are not lab rats! <laughs> oh, come on, it's Halloween. It's supposed to be fun. <laughs> what is going on? I <laughs> James Grimmer actually picked this one. I had reviewed this years ago, but it had been a while, so I decided to review it again for him. Orozco the Embalmer for Massacre Video. Yeah, this is a, a documentary or a shockumentary, if you will, about an embalmer in uh, Colombia. I don't want to use the term shockumentary because it is shocking and it is more culture shock and just, uh, I guess you'll say, like, uh, job shock to see somebody do their job. But uh, I think that this director wasn't necessarily going out to shock people. If you watch the features on here, he seems to be getting working through a lot of stuff by making these kind of things. He's a Japanese director, and uh, he basically went all the way to Colombia to meet this embalmer and uh, wanted to, met him, and he wanted to make a documentary about him. And this follows this uh, embalmer, Orozco, this middle-aged uh, man, maybe older, older than that, uh, for a couple of years while he uh, shows him how he embalms and you get interested about him. He's a very uh, different guy. He's full of solitude. He doesn't talk much. And uh, it just goes to show you how jaded someone can become in such a violent place and such a living such a violent life. You learn a little bit about Orozco's past, that he was a police inspector, and you think, wow, this guy got out of the police. He probably realized, you know, the money's in embalming because there's so many dead people popping up here in Colombia. This is one of the worst parts of Colombia. It's uh, riddled with drugs, and the whole place looks, it is a third world country, it looks horrible, looks awful, you know, the kind of place where you'd see uh, dogs just running everywhere, injured dogs, people just dead in the streets every day. And uh, it doesn't shy away from any of it. Within the first 10 minutes of the movie, they show somebody, uh, this heavy lady, be completely disemboweled for the uh, embalming process. And uh, I uh, had to turn away. The way that the, the sound the skin made when it cut open, the, uh, it took a while to get used to it. It had been a long time since I'd seen it, but immediately I had to uh, turn away. The sounds that it made were just, oh my God, repulsive. It had been so long, man. I, I, I know a lot of people like to put me through these extreme movies. I used to review a lot of extreme movies. And, uh, you know, I don't get off on this stuff, but, uh, this one, um, I'm also not one to shy away from reality either. And, uh, seeing this kind of stuff is, uh, educational at the same time as you, you do become a little jaded to it, but it's also part of the real world and, uh, it's sad and you learn a little bit about the world too as well. But Orozco is the interesting part about the movie. The way he, when he works, you see him working and over time he's just like, ah, oh, this son of a bitch, this, this old man, this, this, I'm not going to do that. And you see him sometimes cut corners and do things certain ways. And, uh, and you know, the way he talks about some of the people who have passed and, uh, the way he just does his work is like uh, anybody who's been working a job a long time will be like, oh, this son of a bitch thing down here. You just become like that. <laughs> you become so, uh, you know, it doesn't really affect you when you see those kind of things. But some of the stuff he has to do is just horrible. There's a couple bodies that have been laying around embalmed incorrectly, and he has to redo them. One guy who has his head completely smashed. And at times, it, you can smell the filth and smell the decay in this movie. And uh, you could tell Orozco isn't the healthiest guy. They show a picture of him from years previous, and he just looks absolutely awful compared to how he once looked. And uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of a sad movie. 
in a lot of ways and uh, very depressing. They also follow a couple other embalmers around and uh, you see the chaos in the streets. Like I said, there's an interview with uh, the director and he made two other shockumentary movies, The Wasteland and uh, Junk Films. Uh, so I'm interested in checking those out. Massacre did those as well. I, I can watch those. Maybe somebody will pick them for me to check out. But uh, yeah, Orozco the Embalmer is a unique uh, movie. It is an extreme movie, but it's also a documentary about something that a lot of people don't want to know about. But, uh, you know, maybe somebody, some more people should see, especially people that are interested in being a mortician. And, uh, you know... I like that there is some sort of competition in this area, like there isn't enough dead bodies in Colombia for them to fight over. But uh, yeah, just a strange, unique movie. And, and, and in the interview, you realize that Orozco has, he talks about the violence in the political times, and he's just like, I don't want to talk about it. It's just so horrible to remember. And uh, the, the director kind of po says something along the lines of, Orozco, man, uh, he was the guy who killed the political prisoners. So he has like this past of... of um, torment it's almost like he's doing this he does it cheaper than anybody else to the embalming like he's trying to uh either make up for what he's done or maybe he enjoys death i don't know interesting character interesting interesting place as horrible as it is but uh you know like I said, Orozco is unhealthy and, you know, doing his job and lifting those heavy bodies, you know, takes its toll on someone. That's all I'll say. But, uh, yeah, a unique movie, interesting movie. I don't know if I could show the whole trailer because obvious things here. But uh, uh, repulsive and intriguing all at the same time. Colombia,
Okay, let's get into the pick a movie here. If you want to enter one, like I said, leave a comment below and you'll be entered to one. Uh, who won last one? John Woolham and he picked 1031, the uh, Halloween anthology. So who do we got coming in? I love doing this, so. We got Adam Weber. It's a lot of the same people, but I actually had uh, 10 people, 10 entries this week. So if you guys want to do it again, enter again. Adam Weber, I think you'll probably be picking something I know. Uh, but let's hop into the Q&A. Christopher Dallier, question, favorite German splatter film. I think I mentioned this before, but it's got to be Burning Moon. Love that one. Love Olaf Inbox, stuff like that. His early stuff, Promortis, Black Past, that kind of thing. Nick, why does America have such a problem with male nudity but not with violence? Uh, America just seems to have a problem with nudity and sex in general, but not violence. I guess we're just more violent than your average person. And, uh, you know, sex isn't something as openly discussed in America as violence. You're an active on a social media channels. What do you do when you get trolled heckled? Uh, I don't get trolled heckled all that much, but I used to get it more. You know, either I ignore it. I sometimes will argue with them just for the hell of it. Or sometimes I'll screw back, screw them, screw with them back, troll them, heckle them back, you know. Oh, well, it doesn't really bother me. With all the stuff you got going on in life and all the things, horrible things and crazy things going on, it's like, who really cares what that person has to say? Where do you think uh, of most of Del Toro's films fit in? The horror genre or the dark fairy tales? Both. I think both, them, both of them do. Uh, you know, sometimes they cross over that line. Like, Mimic has some real horrific moments, and uh, Del Toro always crosses that line and puts horror elements in his movies or has a horrible scene, so eh, it's really difficult to just say dark fairy tales. They are dark fairy tales, but they're also horror films. They're both. I mean, Grim pra uh, Prairie Tales or the fairy tales were some of the first horror things around. You know, Hansel and Gretel and stuff. Those were horror stories to scare people. Uh, dark fairy tales and horror movies are some sometimes, or a lot of times, one and the same. Timothy Hayes, how do you feel about classic films being remade? I hear Suspiria is being remade. How do you feel about that? I used to get upset. You know, in high school, I'd be like, oh, they should stop remaking this crap. It's like, you know, I don't got to watch it. If it looks like crap, I won't see it. If it looks like really bad, I won't even talk about it. I'll just act like it doesn't exist. Don't give it attention, you know. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what they do with Suspiria just because it's going to be a hard as hell movie to remake. And uh, I heard, I heard uh, good things. Ben Miller. Not sure if you've been asked this before, but what advice would you give to someone thinking about starting movie reviews on here, especially this late in the existence of YouTube? It's been a dream of mine to begin those for possibly the last 10 years, and things are falling into place where I'm seriously considering it again. I would just say go for it. I wouldn't even think about it. I would just get it and go for it. Uh, at first, you'll be awful. Everybody is, but you'll get the hang of it. Uh, although YouTube is not as popular as it once was when it comes to reviewers and bloggers and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think it is uh, worth uh, trying out. You got nothing to lose, you know, except some time. Uh, my advice would be, you know, uh, I don't I don't even know. I would start with new titles, newer uh, releases from genre labels and stuff like that. John Wilhelm, like me, you watch a lot of horror movies. Has there ever been a movie that scared you so much as a kid that it took years for you to rewatch? I don't I don't think so. Those are the ones I kind of wanted to seek out right away. Uh, Pet Cemetery always scared me as a kid. Uh Colobus, uh, Jacob's Ladder, stuff like that. Um, but I never did not want to see him again. I always wanted to revisit him, so there's that. Uh, let's hop into the update. Okay, let's hop into the update. Let's start with the arrows. Been trying to finish up my arrow collection. I'm missing a couple. This is Dead or Alive uh, trilogy by Takeshi Miike. 
not seen these, but uh, yeah, Arrow is one of my favorite companies, and they do such good work that I wanted to uh, pick up the rest of them. Pretty cool. Let me know what you guys think of these. Putting this away. Has a bunch of features on here, I'm sure of it. New interview with actor. Uh, I'm not going to say that. Riki Takanuchi. Uh, then we have Driller Killer, which I actually have the steel book, but I wanted the uh, regular edition. I know I'm getting I'm getting crazy in my old age. Yeah, this I remember this feature. This one looked great. This is a very uh, crazy, bizarre movie. Really uh, unique. Made it on the video nasties list. Abel Ferreira went on to do some really great movies like Miss Forty Five and King of New York and Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel. Uh, just you know, probably one of the most underrated directors. If you ask me, picked up the Cat O Nine Tales by Dario. Argento, the second of his Animal Trilogy. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this one. I've actually never seen it. Uh, nice hard box. What are the features on there? Looks nice. Uh, yeah, I really liked Bird with the Crystal Plumage. So We have The Zero Boys by Nico Makarakis, the uh, Greek director who did uh, Island of Death. Uh, this one's pretty fun, kind of like an action slasher deal. Uh, Joe Estevez plays a psycho in it, but uh, yeah. Nico Makarakis is a very strange, uh, kind of unique director in his own right as well. Uh, he also did Hired to Kill. Then we have Happiness of the Katakuras by uh, Mike as well. This one I've never seen. Always looked very interesting to me. Uh, it's a musical, believe it or not. And uh, Arrow, Region 1. Not seen it, but uh, yeah, crazy cover. Then we have Return of the Killer Tomatoes. I've never liked this movie my whole life. That's why it's probably one of the last ones I picked up from Arrow. I don't even like the first Killer Tomatoes, but this one I didn't like either as a kid. I never saw Killer Tomatoes Eat France or Killer Tomatoes Strike Back, but yeah. That is Killer Tomatoes, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Then we have uh, Love Camp 7. I got this used. It looks like it was a screener, but uh, I'm okay with it. You know, I probably should review it. If I'm uh, buying screeners, then I should review them because I feel bad about it. But uh, that is uh, Blue Underground. Uh, this is on the video nasty list. Uh, looks like a DVD Blu-ray combo in there. I've never seen this movie. Uh, it's one of the not-exploitation movies. I think the first one. So, yeah, I'm interested in checking that out. This one I also bought used. This is The Stepfather from Shout. Uh, great movie. This was a screener apparently as well. But uh, yeah, it's been so long since I've seen this movie. Uh, everybody says that here. Who am I here? That's such a great line in that movie. Terry O'Quinn, you know, underrated actor as well. Pops up in stuff like Tombstone and um, Young Guns and the show Lost. Then we have Octoman. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Kino announced this and then they had to cancel it, but Retromedia released it. So everything's good, I guess. The Cremators is on here too, which is a bonus. So that's cool. But uh, Octoman. Yeah. Rick Baker effects and Octoman. And we have The Church by Michele Suave. Always love this movie. Uh, it isn't perfect. It has its problems, but it's nightmare logic. It just wins me over every time. This is a Doppelganger Scorpion release. Then we have Offerings, which is supposedly a Halloween ripoff slasher movie. Had the VHS. Never watched it. I believe this is a Scorpion, or is it Dark? Dark, what is it? It's the new uh, Dark Force or something like that. It's the new company that's working with Code Red and Scorpion. 
So I'm interested in checking out offerings. This one I got used as well. This is Lisa. This is by Gary Sherman, who did, uh, I believe it's Gary Sherman. Let's see. Yeah, Gary Sherman, who did Poltergeist 3, Deathline. And um, what is the other one? Vice Squad. And he did another one, uh, Dead and Buried. I've never seen Lisa. Got it used. Looks interesting. Then we have an import here of uh, the Shootist. This is a Spanish import. There's a German one as well, but the Spanish is cheaper, and this will hold me over till a U.S. release. You know, this is one I saw on TV. This is one of John Wayne's last movies. Uh, he was actively dying of cancer when he made this, and he was dying of cancer in the movie. Uh, you know, he looks pretty sad, beat up in the movie, but uh, I'm really due for a revisit. We have two DVDs. Uh, what is this one? Walking something. I can't remember the American title, but it has uh, Robert Forrester in it. It was released by Anchor Bay in the States, but it's out of print. And uh, Joe Spinell, I want to say. Robert Forrester and Joe Spinell. Walking the Edge, I believe, is what it's called. But uh, I'm willing to check this uh, Spanish import out on DVD. Here, good things. It's supposed to be a vigilante movie. Then we have a DVD I picked up cheap, uh, Bitch. Uh, from Dark Sky Films. <laughs> I don't know. This looked bizarre. Looked weird. Looked fun. Looked like a mind screw. But uh, thanks for watching the update. And now back to the video. Okay. Hope you guys liked the update. Uh, I appreciate you guys watching. And as always, you guys have a good one.